Let me just check all your papers. A routine terror sweep here. I'm Officer Jack Moon.
police day, huh? I can do whatever I want. For knowledge, I've been looking for peace But when I find truth, I seem lost in these beats These government spies keep telling us lies Trying to suppress the truth and cover our eyes Mind over mind, I looked at the system and made that divide Now I am the God, guided by others from the path of the sheep Running with wolves, now let this wolf speak Thank God it's all trapped, and that is a fact they know what we're doing with a touchscreen of map. They poison our food that we feed to a seeds, destroying the world all over green. They take what we need and then they sell it all back. Cause they cause all these droughts and the prices get jacked. But then they say, go ahead and buy the new hat. It's control at its worst, but we let them do that. Can someone please tell me why I waited so long? You know, I'm looking forward to doing some radio with Ferris once in a while. And 
Four Toad and, and the old crew. Uh, I miss all of you guys. A lot of exciting news coming out. But I will say the 23rd is the hard day for me to bring dangerous conversations back to the airwaves right here on Raz Radio. I'll be following you Tuesday nights, uh, 8 to 10. It'll be dangerous conversation as you know it. Get a couple good interviews in, bring a lot of the originals back. Join Scott Ledger Tuesday with Dangerous Conversation, 8 to 10 p.m., RazRadioLive.com.
Here at the Joe Show, we have the finest studios. Where's your studio? Because, like, I'm in a studio now. It has guitars and some kind of UV light that'll fuck your face up if you look at it and turn it on. The smartest, most handsome on-air personalities. Price of liberty is, is ugly. It's not, it's not very pretty. You're not very pretty. We don't talk about religion. So uh, we're actually God's chosen people. So they are the chosen ones. I know this one. I think the Christians think that you killed their savior. And we're always respectful to women. When they invent the perfect artificial vagina, you broads are out of business. Lobster dinners, the diamond market, it's all going belly up. (laughs) And smart, well-informed callers. Fuzzy, you you sound like you're Creole or some shit. Where do you crawl out of Baton Rouge? What the fuck, son? I'm a mile. Hey, you better watch your mile now. Talk about an owl like that. I'll slap the donkey like That's the Joe Show, Thursday, 6 to 9, on Raz Radio Live, Salty Talk Radio, and PopRock80s.com. Disease. 
And I am what keeps you from chasing your dreams I am every loss and every gain And I am the bull with your fucking name Show you're listening to the first 52 with Sean Raz Radio Live. Stay bold. Oh, well, well, that is right. You're listening to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com and RadioFreeBlood.com. It is Tuesday, July 7th. I hope you all had a great 4th of July. I hope you celebrated your Independence Day with pride. I, I mean, Independence Day with pride. And you're doing the right thing, and and you just you made sure you remembered what the flag was for. Is that what you did? I, I know that's not what I did. I went and uh, shot some fireworks off, ate some stingray, some rabbit, some chicken, spent time with family, drank some beers, and had good conversation. That's what it meant for me. I think I went down that Memorial Day also. You know, we want to believe that we're celebrating something that was given to us. The people in our history fought and earned for us to have. But yet, it seems that we don't have those freedoms that they intended us to have. It seems like we're asking for permission to do everything anymore. I mean, if you're not hurting somebody, you should be free to do whatever you want to do. If it doesn't harm another human being, why do we have to ask for permission? Is that really freedom? Is that really what we're celebrating? So, hey, I, I hope you guys had a good weekend. I hope you spent it with family, spent it with friends, did something you enjoy doing, and and remember whatever it is that was important to you, right? I, I guess that's what we should bring it down to at this point in time. Is it, it, It's what's important to you. What freedoms do you really feel that you still have? So, again, welcome to the first 50 on Raz Radio Live. Um, you know, we're going to cover a bunch of different things. I mean, as you guys know, I tend to to starburst around, I get distracted, I, I forget what the heck I was talking about or why I even wanted to talk about that. But hey, that makes it fun, right? That makes it more interesting and, and why we do this. It, it, you you got to keep it interesting. I will have uh, I will have the phone lines open for you guys, 941-421-0401. If you want to throw your two cents in, something got you this week, 
Um, you're welcome to give me a call. You're always welcome to call. Those lines are always open. Uh, what a weekend, though. It, it was a nice weekend. I, I really I made some very special butter for myself this weekend. It was a great time. I spent it with family and friends, and I went to the beach. Didn't do anything super important. I blew a lot of things up, though. Firework night was fun on Saturday, let me tell you. Uh, I, I'm lucky enough I wasn't the guy that put my fireworks on the head, or the firework on my head to light it. Uh, I think we were pretty close to having an accident or two. Thank God that uh, that didn't happen. But, hey, you know what? Old men become young men when they get explosives in their hands, and you never know what they're going to do. <laughs> they might do something stupid. Luckily enough, though, nobody got hurt. Seriously. You know, not not seriously hurt, I mean. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, as we talk about that, we could talk about the small majority of uh, people who are extremely proud to be Americans. You know, we see, and I got another story tying into this one. You know, there's only a small majority of extremely proud Americans. I'll be honest, I'm not in that small majority of extremely proud Americans. Uh, you know, I, I spent my time in the service. You know, I served this country. I stood up for for what I believed in. Uh, after 9-11, I was completely sucked into the patriotism uh, the wrap yourself in that flag because you have to now that the terrorist attacked us. Yeah, I fell into that, and I fell into it for a long time. I hated people like me. You know, those of you listening on Radio Free Blood may have never heard the story of, of how I hated myself, how I hated guys that went around talking about uh, 9-11 and how it was actually done by our government. Yeah, that was one of the guys that hated me. So this study came out recently. <clears throat> And independent, as Independence Day approaches, most in the U.S. say they are proud to be American, including a slight majority, 54%, who are extremely proud. The percentage saying they are extremely proud is slightly lower than in recent years and down from a peak from peaks at around 70% between 2002 and 2004, after 9-11. So now we have, <coughs> excuse me, we have uh, returned to pre-9-11 levels of people who are proud to be Americans. Now, of course, obviously, you all know what I'm thinking. Are they going to have to uh, reunite us as Americans? Or will they continue down the divide uh, of race? What, what, one, Which one do you think they're going to benefit more from? Is that why we haven't, ha- haven't seen a major terrorist attack and we see the, the race wars being uh, pe- perpetuated more and more uh, whether they're fake or real. Uh, these are things that we have to look at. As we see the, the smaller majority of extremely proud to be American, well, are they, are they, is that what they wanted us to get back to and now they're pushing the race on us and, and this divide with, uh, with the illegals? You know, all of a sudden all these stories are popping up with this illegal that killed this family oh and he happened to be high on weed too don't forget or this illegal that killed this girl and he's been deported five or six times you know what how many guys have been put in jail five or six times and still ended up killing people after coming out it happens it's it's part of it Uh, you know we're supposed to live in live in a free society i'm one of the no borders type people i believe that uh, we should be able to roam to where we want to the problem is we get these these uh, programs in place, these uh, social services in place, that the people that can't survive in their own country, 
And, and not that I'm agreeing with uh, Donald Trump, because trust me, I'm far from agreeing with him, but it's not like we're getting the best of the best from that country. You know, there's other countries that, that require uh, large amounts of money and degrees in order to become a citizen and come into that country. Well, why do we? Why would we downgrade our requirements? Why would we want less than what other countries want to get into their country? Wouldn't we want to bring the best and brightest? Well, people move. You know, that's like Florida. I live in Florida. And I'll be honest, part of the reason I came to Florida uh, was because I was going through a bad time in my life. Some things just weren't working out well. And uh, I was running away from some problems and, and trying to change my life. And I came to Florida, and I luckily came to Florida and became a good person. You know, moved forward in, in advancing my life and found a good wife and, and began my family properly and, and just tried to grow and become a better person. Now, of course, I'm sure some of those people running from Mexico want that, but I'm sure there's some of the people that come to Florida who just come here to get away from their problems and hope nobody finds which we have a lot of that here, trust me, which exactly what these people are doing coming from Mexico. Not all of them, definitely not all of them, but a good majority of them, a large amount of them, are, are coming here to run from a problem. Now, is this problem... A good problem is this something that they can come here and correct their their issues and and move forward and be better, or is this a problem that eventually is going to catch up to them? And they're going to end up in jail or end up killing somebody, just like we see here in Florida. It's very comparable. It, it really is because Florida is where all the white trash runs to get away from their problems. Trust me, I live there. I know. So not not many people are proud to be an American. In addition to the 54% who are extremely proud to be an American, 27% say they are very proud. 14% say they are moderately proud. 4% are only a little proud, and 1% state that they are not proud at all. I would probably fall in the 1%, maybe the 4%. Because, you know, there are things that, you know, I am proud to, to, to be a, the person I am. I don't think I'd be the person I am if I didn't live here. Are there countries that are freer than us, that have freer economies than us? Yes. Are there countries where people are happier than are here than us? There than us, I'm sorry. Yes. Am I 100% happy with my life here in America? No, I'm not. There's a lot of things that I could change. There's a lot of things I could change. There's a lot of things that could change around me that would make me happier or feel better about where I am. So this was a Gallup poll, you know, they, they did the uh, all these questions. Of course, older Americans and Southerner, Southerners and Republicans are in the extremely pride uh, section, but they always have pride. Southerners will always uh, stand up and say they're proud, even if they're not. That's just how they are. That's, that's their thing. Uh, and the reason why I wanted to bring up this poll, and, and oh, and one last uh, high point in that poll is that, of course, the young young people are the lowest end of it. The people uh, 18 to 25, I think it was, 18 to 29, there's 43% of them are extremely proud, and that is the lowest category. Democrats would be next to 47% as a group. So what does that mean? What, what does that all add up to? Well, I know a couple people that don't live in this country anymore. I know a couple people that want to uh, 
still live in this country, but want to leave this country. Oh, Buzzy, take a breather. I, I know a lot of people that want to live in this country, but can't anymore because they're afraid to. There's people I know that have left for those reasons, reasonings. So here's another survey that was done. Uh, this is a CNBC story. 35% of Americans would expatriate. Expatriate, right? right? Yeah, expatriate. 34%. Now, this one I do want to play the audio for. Hold on, i got to back it up here because it's already playing on me. This one I do want to play the audio on. So let's check this one out. We don't necessarily include hotel rooms in our like day-to-day basket of goods and services, but you're right. When it comes to looking at the general cost of living, right. the reason why Juba and other African locations, places like Angola, um, Democratic Republic of Congo, feature in our top ten, is because of the relatively high cost of importing goods and services. So they don't have Bloomingdale. You know, I hate that happens. These these autoplay things get running, and it plays the the, the video, and then it goes to the next one, and the next one, and the next one. I just realized that that is what happened there. So give me a second here to reset. We are going back to the the expat story here as soon as it refreshes me. But but speaking of that, you know, Forto Jones, my my former co- co-host, he wants to move to another country. I would consider it. Really, the only thing holding me here, buzzard, is money. I would leave this country right now if I had the ability ability to financially. Not that I don't respect and love this country. I fear for where this country's going. And I honestly don't like money that I put into the system being used to harm a people that did nothing wrong to us. So that's part of the reason, Buzzy. It's not that I hate my country. It's that I hate my government and I can't control it. It's a big problem. I watched another guy that I respect today, James Woods. You know, we've had him on the show here a bunch of times. And he, he made a great point, and I agree with his point. That, you know, you can't, and it's made me rethink what I'm going to do this election cycle. He said you can't, paraphrasing, you can't just, uh, you know, just say you're not going to vote and then bitch and whine and have no solutions, make no action, and then complain when the voting's all done and you had to make a choice, there was no choice made. So is that really the... Is that, do I need to vote? Do I need to find, it's, he says, find a candidate that'll do your bidding, that'll do what you need done. So do I need to, to go figure out now? I'm second guessing myself. I'm second questioning what I should do. You know, my broadcast computer was giving me issues right before I restarted it. And I'm hoping this is still broadcasting. So all I need to do is actually I need to bring up Jack for fast on the other channel. Find a candidate that'll do your bit. All right, it is broadcasting still. I'm just not seeing any meters. All right, I will continue then, and just hope it does continue. So let's see what the survey says. Independence Day weekend on the horizon. Here's a surprising statistic. One in three Americans would consider leaving the country to live somewhere else. That's according to an online survey by TransferWise, a peer-to-peer money transfer service based in the U.K., which puts the figure at 35%. For millennials, it's even higher. 55% of 18 to 34-year-olds say they'd be willing to relocate. The bottom line, what people say they'll do isn't always what they do. The percentage of Americans who actually leave and renounce their citizenship is almost infinitesimal. Less than a thousandth of a percent did it last year. 
So, you know, those are the numbers. That's that's information that was on that and basically what I said. And, again, I would leave. And, Greg, thank you. I appreciate that. I am over in the chat room over there on uh, Radio Free Blood. I, I'm not good at chatting. I, I have enough problem keeping up with the Twitter uh, and then trying to read chats at the same time. So, guys, I appreciate your interaction over there. I do want to let you know I am trying to pay attention. Uh, so would you leave the country? Ask yourself that question. Uh, if you had the financial ability and you felt that you could improve your life or find a better place, would you do it? Would you expat? Is that something you've considered? I don't know. I mean, it's... Uh, it's really something that, again, Lexi and I have already discussed. I'll never live up north again. I lived in Jersey. I grew up there for 30 years. Uh, it was it was great. I, don't get me wrong. I had some awesome times living there. I really did have a nice life growing up. Uh, made some really bad decisions and just put myself in the view of everybody. I never got in trouble. I never got arrested. I just, I just really didn't make the smartest of decisions. And I'll never live up there again. My wife and I have already discussed that if we ever feel the need to leave uh, Florida and move on to another area, it it won't be this country more than likely because we're not going further north of where we're at, and we're not that far from you know the southernmost tip. It's only a two hour drive from where I live to to the tip of Florida, not the Keys. I can get to the Keys in about four hours by boat if I tried. But you get my point. You know, my next step is pretty much out of the country just because of my location. And because of my climate preference, where I prefer to live, as far as how it feels on my body. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break here. I know we just got rolling. I got a bunch of stuff here, a lot of audio to play, a lot of discussion. The phone lines will be open uh, for the entire show. You're welcome to join me, 941-421-0401. It is live when I pick up, so just wait for me to come, with you, come to you. Sit tight and... Uh, We'll have a little discussion. Because I, I do like taking phone calls. I don't do it a lot. But I do like to take phone calls. Because you guys got you know, great information you can bring to me. All right, guys. First 52 on RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com. I'll be back with you in a couple minutes. Look at my crayon. Hold on. What am I supposed to say? What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's your name again? John Raz. Four Toad and Lexi. I mentioned Four Toad. Sure. Four Dave. Dave. <laughs> Hey, it's always great to be on the first 52 with Sean Raz for Toad and Lexi. You know, I don't, that sounds like shit. Well, man, give me a script here. Come on, I can't do this. You're putting me on, under pressure. Bob, don't worry about it here. And uh, Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob, yeah. Dr. Bob Tuscan. It's Bob Tuscan, and you're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio with my buddies Sean Raz and Lexi Raz and that guy for Toad. Hello, everybody. This is Lawrence Ross from the LRWS on RazRadioLive.com. Currently out in California, Blind James from RadioIO.com is in desperate need of a brand new kidney. Save a person's life. On behalf of everybody on the network, I encourage you to please go to GoFundMe.com forward slash XE6PJ38. Click on that link and donate money to save a person's life. Donate as much as you can. I think we should all donate. Every contribution helps. Well, I appreciate all of Raz Radio Live's help and our I.O. fans. Please give so we can give James a brand new lease on life. Yeah. And those people, the conspiracy theorists, they consider, they've been crazy, but now they're right. Can I get the 2.3 trillion? When does a citizen become a civilian? 
off into the villains How can two planes powderize three buildings? These are questions that could get you murk Politically, socially, physically put into the dirt Many swear that there's some kind of conflict of interest within The conflict depends upon what you're interested in You can chant 9-11 was an inside job All day until you say the Mossad And pay closer attention to Flight 175 And the odd cylindrical pod beneath the fuselage Then it's 2 plus 2 level addition After you factor in the flight termination system And flashbacks of the cash that good rabbi stole September 10th style, right down the rabbit hole Reds Radio fam, it's your man Wayne in Baltimore, and I'm doing my thing live on Saturdays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when I bring you the chocolate drop on RazRadioLive.com. Join us as we play music, talk sports, politics, and whatever's going on in the news. And um, chances are you might learn something. Chances are you won't. So join me and Joe from Maine on Saturdays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on RazRadioLive.com. Oh, and by the way, no devil music. We all live in different realities, there's no doubt about that. They're trying to form a one unified reality, but as we start to look towards what we're trying to actually get to, and that is liberty, freedom, justice for all, um, which is a global cry, we are now knowing it within from all the internet realms that this is a global cry. It doesn't matter if you're in the Netherlands, in Africa, in uh, Peru, or wherever, we're all saying the same thing all over the globe. All over the globe.
can't reject anything that comes your way. The universe is trying to speak to you and give you what you need, but you're rejecting it because you think you know what you deserve and what you need, which has all been conditioned and programmed by our culture creators, such as Walt Disney, Monsanto, and everyone else. So the answer to our problem is actually invisible, and it is called synchronicity, but it's an answer that no one can show you. No one can show you. And so now we're asking humanity to have faith in humanity when the Dark Brotherhood is making it so impossible to do so. Because we think all of this is our fault. Because we think all of this is our fault. Because we think all of this is our fault. So we need to find that faith in humanity because listen to all these people that have come out here, every single one of them, a loving, caring, nurturing being that just wants to uplift humanity. Well, that's the majority. Well, that's the majority. Well, that's the majority. Television's telling you the total opposite. Fear those people in a van. Fear, don't go outside. You know, you don't want to be meeting around with people. And that's exactly what you should be doing. And that's exactly what you should be doing. And that's exactly what you should be doing. And the synchronicities will start to unfold, and then you'll actually believe in miracles. Anything that comes your way, go with it, and, and do it to your fullest. You know, that's my message to the world, because it'll guide you to your soul's purpose. And if you let your light shine, you know, to your fullest, when something comes your way, then it'll magnify and become even more than you ever anticipated. And the best thing is, is that everything's better than you could have ever dreamed it. Everything's better than you could have ever dreamed it. Everything's better than you could have ever and I know that's a, a hard message to sell when the BP oil spill, with the uh, volcanoes, with the corruption, with everything that's going down, the police state, you know, all of it. It's hard to tell people to regain their faith in humanity, to forgive the anger that you have for these people that have, have trespassed on you, and to just start seeking the new existence. But we have to. That's what we have to do. We're the voice now. We're the voice now. We're the voice now. one out to all the ladies all over the world. All the ladies all over the all world. All sexy mamas. Come on, come on, come on. This is Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. You're listening to the yeah, first like 52. God goes, only knows why. Bad boy. B2K. Yo, oh, talk to him, player. I like your little sexy style. There we go. You know, it's amazing. If you can watch in the studio during a break of what goes on sometimes, you know, I know you guys hear Jack talk about how there's all these you know, problems. You're trying to get everything lined up and get everything lined, you know, work properly. And I had to reset a computer, which, of course, was the computer that is my shared mouse, which means every computer I use, which I use for to do the show with, I had to pull all the mice out. Mice? Meese? I don't know how you would say that. I had to pull all them out to try to get through that break while that computer reset. And just as I went live, the mouse came back. But I still had to use all the other ones because I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to go back to that one yet. So it all worked out well. I'm very proud of myself. Welcome back to the first 52 com. I know that was really... 
a lot of nothing that you didn't really need to hear. Uh, again, like I say every week, I'm picking a, a year of the top ten. I'm going through that, so I'm picking my rejoin music. Welcome to 2013. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm trying to make it different. I don't know how else to make it different. I was never like the guy that followed some kind of band. You know, knew everything about that band and followed them all over the place and this group or that group. I just, that was never me. Uh, uh, so for me to try to pick out good music to play for the bumper, it's, it's hard because I want to use something, you know, contemporary, not the truth or music that I play during the breaks. But that's, uh, you know, that's how I'm doing. So welcome to 2003 for this week. I'll figure out one next week. If you got a suggestion, tweet me at uh, Sean Rads and tell me a year you might want to hear. Maybe we'll do, like, old next year for the bumper music. Anyway, let's get back to something that really matters. Uh, during the break there, I had a good buddy of mine call up, and uh, I know he was listening earlier when I was uh, rebroadcasting Jack, and he got in some Oliver, Oliver North stuff on Twitter. And, uh, of course, I, I'm sucking at watching Twitter tonight. But our buddy Kevin, how you doing, Kevin? Hey man, how you guys doing? I'm hanging in there pretty good. Hanging in there pretty good. So what 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 grabbed your attention, or what what are you thinking about? Yeah, well, no, I was like going to comment on the Buzzy comment earlier. Yeah, you know, like you know, I see Buzzy's side of it. You know, I mean, when I grew up as a kid, man, America was America. I mean, you were just proud to be in this country. You were able to, you know, get on your bicycle take off at 9 o'clock in the morning and not have to come home until supper time, you know? And then after supper, you'd go out, and then when it got dark, you needed to get your ass home, you know? Mom and Dad never had to worry about you and stuff like that. And today's society is just so, it's changed. Oh, absolutely, I mean, it has. A, a kid walking across the street, going to the damn park across the street, and CPS gets called on them damn parents and shit, and it's just ridiculous. It is amazing how much it changed. You know, this weekend... Uh, my mom was insistent on having her American flag up before the 4th of July. Um, so my dad got up, and he, he's sick. He has some, some physical issues that made it hard for him to do things. But he, he knew he had to get it up for her, and he made sure to take the time to go put it up. Well, at the top of the flagpole, uh, something that's traveled with us for every house my parents have ever lived in, which is only three now since I've been born, uh, is this bell. And it's a it's an old uh, 1800s bell. And it always sat at the top of our flagpole because at dusk, my mother would ring that bell and every kid in the development would go home. We would all be in the yep. field down the road playing. And as soon as we heard the bell ringing, we all knew it was time to go home. Yeah. And we don't see that now. You know, we have, unfortunately, we have uh, young kids playing with guns and, and, and playing with toy guns, which we played with as kids. Uh, in parks, oh, yeah. and, and they get yeah. shot over it because uh, everybody is in such high alert of of worried about what's going to happen. You know, it's like, you, you imagine if a kid had one of those old time cap guns like we used to have. You know what the hell would happen? <laughs> oh, the old metal ones. I told the story once. My father. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I had one of the. I forget the brand name of them. They were like these really realistic cap guns. I mean, the, the magazine type guns had magazine strips. The revolvers had the revolver strip. You know, the the round ones, but they were solid metal. They weighed the exact weight of the gun. Well, I had had a revolver one, and I'd left it in my dad's car, and it got wedged in between the driver's seat and the center console. It was a, a Cadillac Eldorado, the like early '90s one, and uh, and the, he got pulled over for speed, and then the cop walks up, and they do the thing, and he like leaned over to get something, and all of a sudden the cop like jumps back and pulls out his gun, and he's like about ready to shoot my father <laughs> because of this cap gun that was sitting, you know, in the seat next to him. I couldn't even imagine. Uh, you know that 
what would happen if those those realistic guns that we had were around? Oh yeah, it, it's it's mayhem. It's it's mayhem now, man. I mean, those just with the damn telephone in your hands and with the gun. So. Well, yeah, you know. And speaking of, I know Salty's touched on this. Uh, this this uh, cell phone case, the gun cell phone case. The only comment I want to make, and you just reminded me of that. The only comment I want to make on that is, you know, you're free to do what you want to do. The the inventor of that, or the man that made that, was uh, demented. Oh yeah, yeah. You're talking about the one that looks like a gun. Now. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's kind of cool. And if you want to use it in your house, use it in your house. But I don't know if you've seen it. But when it, you put it in your pocket, it looks like there's a gun sticking out of your pocket. That's just asking oh, for yeah. trouble. You know, we we have enough problems with. Um, What's going on with shootings, uh, police shootings, and things like that, without encouraging more? But, oh, look at the guy that had the tattoo of the gun in his waistband I know, that on story. his side. Yep, yeah, yeah. He got he got shot through the damn window. <laughs> you know? It's and, amazing. And that was just a damn tattoo. <laughs> it's just a tattoo. So one of the comments I saw you make earlier. Oh, so the buzzy thing. We we kind of starburst there. Um, you understand his point, but but what? Right. Well, it's like, hey, I have not trusted my government since the mid-80s, you know? I mean, I've been in the know in some certain things in some certain circles back in the 80s. You know, I'm kind of cut out of the loop a little bit. I do still got friends that are in places, but, I mean, I get a little bit here and there that trickles down. But, I mean, I the country since the 60s, you know, which is the whole reason, you know, JFK was killed, was because he wanted to change things for the better, but... Those control didn't want that to happen because they want to perpetuate what they're trying to get to now, and it's it's coming down to the big brother thing. And uh, Orwell had it dead on. He just was you know twenty thirty years off target, but it's it's coming. It's coming. You know you're going to see the uh, U.S. currency go bye bye. It's all going to be digital. You know there's no going to be no cash currency no more. Uh, well, if there's if there's even a U.S. currency at that point in time, and we watch what's happening in Greece, and I've got a, a really long um, story of the truth of what's going on in Greece, but it basically this whole thing started for them in '08, just as well as uh, what we went through. A lot of what happened sure. here affected them, and this was their bringing down of that economy over there. So I'm wondering how long until they decide to do the same thing here? Because we're in the same position, we just happen to have a little bit more. Oh, and our debt is like quadrillions bigger than theirs. <laughs> I yeah. mean, they're just, you know, small things compared to what would happen to us. And glad to see the people rise up, though. You know, I was amazed that, they, you know, they put it to the civilians, populace, to vote, you know, yes or no on that. And 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 you can also, you can feel the, the propaganda wheel spinning already, spitting stuff out, you know. And, and you know, what was that finance? finance minister that uh, resigned, and he actually called what the IMF was trying to do to their country a terroristic act. Well, I, you know, my hat's off to that guy. Yeah, well, you, you see a lot of that. We've had people back in the 08 here, during the 08 crash here, saying the same type of thing, and you have to question why the banks are the ones that are able to uh, continue operation, whereas if we were the business that caused this or were involved with this, there's no way we would continue operation. And the main ones that cause it are always the ones that come out on top. Uh, since talk about that, where's that article here? Because <clears throat> this was a, a really well-written article, and it, it goes through uh, the breakdown of what you're not being told about it. So 
I'm going to go to the meat of it. It talks about stages, okay, here. Uh, it says here, the first stage. The first and foremost reason that Greece got into trouble was the great financial crisis of 2008. That was the brainchild of Wall Street and international bankers. If you remember, uh-huh. banks came up with an awesome idea of giving sur- subprime mortgages to anyone who can fog a mirror. But, 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 before that, what happened to allow them to get to that point? Glass-Steagall repealed back in the 90s. Right. Right. There's a lot that. Well, I, let's get through this stage of this collapse here. So anybody can fog up a mirror. They then packaged it all up these uh, tickled finance, ticking financial bombs, and sold them as mortgage-backed securities as a huge profit to various financial entities around the world. So we all understand that was the first part of leading us into and, and, 08. And who bought most of those uh, bundled-up securities? Well, it says here, let's see, it says, blah, 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 blah. It says here, Tony Blair got bit, right, it says Tony Blair got paid by big banks to peddle these dangerous securities to pension funds and municipal and counties around Europe, which is the same thing that happened here. That all got sent, uh, uh, peddled out to pension funds and, and municipal th- uh, organizations or counties or cities. A lot of them are what bought up the bonds that were used to get us out of the bailout. So that was the first stage that happened there in Greece. So in the second stage, mm-hmm. what, they're, what they're saying here is when the financial time bombs exploded, commercial and investment banks around the world started collapsing in a matter of weeks. Governments at local and regional levels saw their investments and assets evaporate. Chaos was everywhere. Again, this is the, the 08 crash. Uh, ventures like Goldman Sachs and other big banks profited enormously in three ways. They could buy other banks, such as Lehman Brothers and Washington Mutual, for pennies on the dollar. Second, and more uh, heinously, Goldman Sachs and insiders such as John Paulson uh, made bets. Uh, wait, where is it? Who recently donated forty four hundred million to Harvard had made bets that these securities would blow up. Now, what's funny about that is if you look at the. Uh, the bets put up against the airlines on 9-11. 9-11. They're pointing yeah. out. We're the big money makers on that. Right, exactly. <laughs> so Paulson's... And ma- what is, what's surprising, though, is there is that one... I can't remember how much it's worth, but it's worth a lot of millions of dollars, but nobody's claimed it. Oh, from the uh, push options on 9-11? 9/11. Yeah. yeah, from the push options. Yeah. It'll sit Somebody there. Somebody out there that hasn't claimed it. I'm sure they'll get it eventually. Oh, I'm sure they'll hide it somewhere. So we know that, that we got through all that, and they bought up uh, other banks, and they bought up uh, property, financial institutions, things like that. So in stage three, which I like this breakdown, in stage three, when the banks forced the government to accept massive debt, uh, for a biological metaphor, consider a virus or a bacteria. All of them have unique strategies to weaken the immune system of the host. One of the proven techniques used by the parasitic international bankers is to downgrade the bonds of a country. And that's exactly what yep. the bankers did starting at the end of 2009. This immediately makes the interest rates, or the yield, on the bonds go up, making it more and more expensive for countries to borrow money or even just roll over the existing bonds. So that was stage three of what we went through. Now, there's a lot more to this. I'm just reading the basic uh, out of it. So... It's weird how we can watch these things happen continuously. It's like with uh, terror attacks. You notice there haven't been any real active or completed terror strikes here on U.S. soil 
uh, that have really meant anything or that were large enough that it could be used with something or that haven't been attacked by the truther movement, the whatever the hell you want to call it anymore, uh, for being you know staged or or a, a false flag type operation. Well, ninety eight percent of the attacks in this country have all had FBI FBI connections. So <laughs> figure it out. Well, and that's just the ones they've busted. You know, like you you look at the stings and how they do it. It's it's the modus well, operandum they, of how they've done it forever. At, look at the the first bombing at nine eleven. I mean, that dude he came out and he said, "Hey, FBI wanted me to buy this damn van in this garage and set this shit off." And I said, "I ain't doing it." And, he took off, but they carried it out nonetheless. Well, they even had the recordings of him setting, you know, I, I'm sure you've heard the recordings of him talking to his yeah. his agent, you know, saying, well, you know, you're going to give me a real explosive? <laughs> you know, no, we don't do really. Right, yeah, he was with smart one. He actually caught on to what the hell they were trying to do, and they're going to use him as the patty thing, you know, and it's the same thing as those guys in uh, Cincinnati trying to blow up that bridge, you know. They just found a couple of guys that were anti-government, anti-radical, whatever, and just said, hey, you know what? I, I know how to make a bomb, you know? Why don't we, you know, and I can get the stuff. And, you know, and that's what it, that's what they're doing, is they're going out to these people, and they're coming forth to them saying, hey, you know, I can get the stuff. Where if they never would have even shown their head to these people, nothing ever would have happened, and they never would have done nothing but just bitch and complain. Well, and that's that's very true, and, and we, you know, Judge Nat pointed that out years ago, uh, back when there was only 17 or 18 of these uh, busts. I think we're up to 27 or 28, maybe Seven. even more, yeah. nat, more now after uh, this past couple months here where they've been going after guys like crazy. Uh, I, I will say I, I was happy to see that nothing happened over 9-11, or over, over 9-11, over uh, the 4th of July weekend. The 4th of July. Oh, no, there's that big racial thing in Myrtle Beach that got disclaimed, though. <laughs> well, I mean, a terrorist attack. A bunch of white supremacists, you know, killed a black kid, you know, which the cops came out and said, no, that story's not true. Oh, see, I thought they were talking about the white the white kid that got beat up uh, that Jack was talking about earlier today, where apparently there were some, you know, black kids saying, hey, no, leave him alone, trying to help him. Uh, I, I heard him talking about that earlier. I don't know if you oh, heard that. Oh, no, there, there's, a, there's a report of uh, white supremacists that, like, a half a dozen of them attack a black kid in, in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, over the fourth weekend. And it blew up on uh, social media, but then all of a sudden the police force for Myrtle Beach came out and said, no, that's not true. It never happened. So, oh, see, I never saw that one. Information out there. Oh, oh that, that happens. I'll, I'll send it to you. That, yeah, that happens all the time. I, I, I remember scrolling past that on. Uh, on Drudge Report, and I thought that they were talking about the the white kid that got beat up at the concert in in uh, Ohio, or I think it was Cincinnati. Um, it doesn't matter though, because you know, go go to last week with the Navy Yard, where everybody was, oh my God, there's a shooting at the. I think it was Thursday. There's a shooting at the Navy Yard. There's eight million freaking cop cars surrounding this Navy base, and it turns out that it was a, a false report. No, of course. You know, everybody <laughs> jumps, and then they take the opportunity to promote it, but they don't really promote how much of, of a fake thing it is. You know what I mean? Well, I like what what Lionel says. If you ever want to see the next terrorist attack, just find out what the next drill is. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? We've been fortunate enough, and, and Jade Helm, is uh, is that underway yet, or is that starting soon? That starts next week. I actually, th- I actually think it's on its way already. I already think they're doing ops. Um, uh, it's not full blown, whatever. And I heard uh, 
the reporter, the one guy said, well, hey, this stuff has been going on for years and decades and whatnot. Right. You know, they had the thing in Florida and Georgia where they did. And I've been a part of these kind of operations and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, we do do them. We don't announce it to the public, you know, that we're doing these things. And we don't do that in the civilian populace. We do it on base. Right. That was always my biggest thing, because when I did any training when I was in the military, we weren't in the towns. We went to, you know, we would travel however far we had to travel to go to the military post that had the environment we were looking to train in, and we would do our training, and we would never leave the base. We weren't even allowed off post if we had our weapons. I mean, even in the 80s, we had crisis uh, actors back then. We had civilians that came in and you know, tried to create a riot with us and, and give us that realism effect. You know, they weren't military people. They were, you know, just, you know, crisis actor type people. And, uh, I mean, they were doing that stuff back in the 80s. You know, I mean, uh, we would practice these drills in uh, urban situations and there'd be a crowd of people and there'd be Molotov cocktails flying all around and we'd have to quail the situa- situation and, you know, take control of it and whatnot. But, I mean, they were all done on base. You know, the military government has gazillions of acres to train on, but right. yet they want to put it out in the public. To me, what they're trying to do is a psyop. It's conditioning. Get you, yeah, they're trying to get one, get you used to it. Number two, they're trying to see how effective their people can blend into the populace and get information. And, uh, you know, use that for whatever nefarious means they want to use it for. Now, you yeah, never, I mean, you, when back in your training days, you never, um, did Did you ever feel that that was going on with your operations? Now, you were, that's, this was well before uh, the, what, 90s you were doing these trainings, or a little after early 90s, maybe. Um, did you ever feel 80, that? 88, 88 when I got out. 88 when you got out. Yeah. And I was in an 80. So I was in 88 to 88. Um, I, I, well, like I, like I, I think, you know, I, the one, the reason that made me not re-op for, to keep on going in the military, you know, because I was that gung-ho little shit back then. then well, so was I, you know. right, exactly. But as soon as they started asking me questions about would you take up arms against civilians, and I was like, hell no. You know, that's just, no, I don't give a shit what the hell's going down. It ain't happening. So is that when you decided that it was time to move on because they were asking that question? Oh, yeah, yeah. And when I was getting ready to get out, Price asked me if I wanted to go work for uh, uh, Blackwater and shit like that, you know, when he was starting that whole thing. And I kind of knew what that was all about already from, you know, travel butt that was going around at the time. And it's like, no, I'm not going to be a rich man, you know, millionaire's bodyguard and be able to get away carte blanche with killing whatever the hell I feel like killing. And I knew what the hell it was going to, you know, come. You're somehow the CIA and NSA were all going to get their tentacles on you. Well, it's really you for built. Their purposes. You know what's funny is I don't know if you were listening earlier today. I do the dockies uh, uh, certain times of the year when when you know like Bubba's not live. I'll do like a dock day, just a, something I want to listen to, uh, and hopefully other people will tune in. I'll pick out documentaries and play. And today I did one that was uh, the CIA and drug ops. And it went into the oh, whole yeah. Oliver, Oliver North 
trials and yeah, in Arkansas and right. Plumley and all that shit. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, and you look at that, and that was that was my era. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and, the eighties with the Army Contra and shit, and that's why I said I know Oliver North. You know, and that's why I said I know exactly why he was talking and ranting around. Why they let him rant about uh, Abdul Sal? You know. It was it's it's to get his it was to get his name out there. Right, get ready you know? for nine eleven and the bigger events to come. Sure, get his name out there and make him sound like the big bad boogeyman when he was really always always CIA funded, always CIA asset, just like Bin Laden was CIA asset, CIA funded through the Saudis and through the CIA. I mean, it, I mean, you got to be a moron not to know that we're the ones training the Taliban. Well, back when Russia invaded Afghanistan. Well, and I mean, that goes in the news all the time. You're just spinning me right to where I want to be, uh, Kevin. Perfect. And you don't even know, you don't know what I had planned to talk about. Um, but we all remember uh, September 11th, 2012, when Benghazi was uh, attacked. And a lot of people, or 20, yeah, 2012, a lot of people came out and said, you know, hey, you know what? What? Why did this happen? What's going on? Me and and I know why. I know why it happened. Well, me and a lot of people that I listened to and that I follow and that I interviewed at that time, we were all saying the same thing. They were moving weapons to the Syrian rebels in order to help overthrow Assad, which is what then led us to where we stand today with ISIS. And nobody wants to admit that. And of course, now with the election coming, it's all spilling out. Now, Judge Napolitano, we had mentioned earlier. Uh, this was from July 2nd, so let me play this clip. I haven't really heard all this yet, so it's about, it's about three minutes or so long. So let's, let's hear what he says about that day or, or what after his evaluation, uh, three I'm, years I'm after we already said it. I'm surprised he's still working for Fox. <laughs> I know with all the th- stuff he says. So let's check Hell out, yeah. let me get this a load here and, uh, see if everyone wants to cooperate. You know how, Lovely computer. Computers are acting weird today. I don't know if there's like a solar storm or, or what the hell's going on here today. Well, I, I've had issues with my cell service here for like two weeks. I haven't been able to listen to spot. I'm just lucky I got a hold of you today. <laughs> Man, all right, sit tight. Hold on. I think I got it. Really appreciate it. Okay, guys. You know, for years we've been talking about Hillary Clinton's emails, her secret emails, uh, but there may be even more to the story now than we knew before. All rise, Judge Andrew Napolitano is with us. And Judge, you have an article out today that connects some very interesting and disturbing dots. Yes. Um, you know, we work in teams here and, and in groups, and uh, I'm part of a number of groups. And in, in working in tandem with uh, Pam Brown, one of the, who is the senior executive producer, and Catherine Herridge, who's the intelligence correspondent, I was asked to look at documents. The documents that I reviewed was uh, about five, six hundred pages, and they consisted of interviews of an arms dealer uh, and emails from the arms dealer to members of Congress and back and forth, and the arms dealer and the State Department and back and forth. And I am convinced, as are others who have looked at this, and Fox aired this on an FBN special on a Saturday night and several times over the weekend, uh, that a conspiracy existed between uh, the president, Mrs. Uh, Clinton, uh, and congressional leaders from both parties and both houses, uh, others in the State Department, the Treasury Department, and the Justice Department, to get arms shipped to rebels in Syria and uh, in Libya. And some of those rebels are members of organizations that are on the terror list, and, and providing them with material assistance is a felony. So the arms dealers applied for and received 
received permission from state and treasury lawfully to sell arms to the government of Qatar, and they lawfully did so. Qatar then sold, delivered, barred, or gave these arms to the terrorist organizations with the knowledge and consent of Hillary Rodham Clinton when would, she was Secretary of State. Qatar being the middle man slash country here, would that mitigate or even dismiss any sort of allegations that uh, members of, uh, of Congress, the President, Hillary Clinton, and so forth, had any knowledge or any culpability that they were then moved on from Qatar. In other words, these guys are in the middle. Ab ab absolutely not. It is, it is crystal clear from the documents that we viewed, which we explained in the FBN special uh, uh, last weekend, uh, that only about a dozen, maybe a, a fewer than a dozen members of Congress, plus Mrs. Clinton and the President and a few people around each of them knew this, but they knew exactly where this was going. How does this unravel? Chris Stevens, the American ambassador to Libya, is assassinated using American weaponry that Mrs. Clinton un uh, illegally sold to terrorists in violation of American law. The, the, the terrorists who received these weapons, why were they deemed to be okay? Even though officially we said, no, these are bad guys, why would they unofficially be deemed to be okay to get these weapons? I honestly think that, uh, uh, again, from the emails sure, that we saw, sure. and we didn't see all of them. God, God knows where all of her emails yeah. are. I, I think that she probably thought that she could wage a private war and overthrow Qaddafi. Uh, she succeeded in doing that, but of course created chaos, on overthrow Assad in Syria and, uh, and take credit for it. This has been an unmitigated disaster, and she's done her best to cover it up, and she's covered a lot of it up, and now it's starting to come out. Uh, before I let you go, is there any uh, money angle to this? Uh, you know, the, because you talk about an arms dealer. Money angle in the billions with a B. Sold. Personal gains to any of the Americans involved. Yes. All right, Judge. Yes. This is really. So, Kevin, how long do you think Judge Knapp will be alive for? Uh, I, I tell you what, jo uh, John. Thank God for Napolitano because exactly what that man just said, I thought for over a year. <laughs> uh, yeah. Chris Stevens. Chris Stevens knew what the hell was going down, mm -hmm. and Chris Stevens had a moment of morality and said, "No, this shit is not going to happen on my watch." He got in a bitch fest with the State Department. The State Department downgraded his security staff to three dudes. All right? On purpose. And I think, yep, on purpose. Two fields, and I think I was a special ops Marine, and, and Stevens, and that was it. And then they just said, boys, have at it. He, no, Judge Napolitano just said Stevens was assassinated at the hands yep. of the U.S. government via yep. the use the of foreign department. troops with weapons provided to them. I mean... And we've been pulling that shit for years. Yeah, and, and, and I can pull up audio uh, uh, shows of mine from 2012, 2013, where I said very shortly after that that they were moving weapons, Stevens didn't agree with it, and they shut him up. And Taj Plumley has come out and said he was the man moving those weapons there to Benghazi. It's me. He has come out and said that before they gagged his ass. That that whole region is is the new Afghanistan. You know that this oh, whole yeah. this whole story we're seeing right now with with ISIS and and all these different groups. It, it's it's Afghanistan all over again. Nineteen eighty. Yeah, and I've always felt a lot of uh, ninety percent of this crap is all Saudi backed too. So 
I mean, if, if anybody wants to point the big finger at somebody who's the bad boy in the Middle East, it's them. Well, if they would, if they would release the 28 redacted pages from the 9-11 Commission report that apparently point all the fingers for the financing of 9-11 to Saudi Arabia, then maybe uh, we wouldn't be still spending uh, millions and millions and billions of dollars to, or sending billions of dollars to them every year. Right. I think it was what they call a payoff. You know? I mean, look at... During as soon as the war started, what was that like? Three billion dollars went up missing out of the C one thirty cargo plane. Yep, yeah, disappeared uh, in Iraq. How does that happen? Yeah, well, I don't know, Kevin. Why don't you tell me? You might have a better idea how that would happen than I would. <laughs> well, I know exactly how it happens, but you know, well, you can watch. Like, how how stupid are people not to uh, you know realize or understand this? I mean, I got in a big old fight a couple of weeks ago with one of my my best friend. He was the best man at my wedding, and. And uh, he thinks, you know, I'm a tin hat, you know, foil wearing, chemtrail chasing, freaking nutcase, you know. Oh, not you. And, you wouldn't do that. Come on. Uh, uh, well, and I just told him, I said, dude, I question everything. I do not. And he's like, um, I always felt he's he's suffered from what they call white guilt because he was born and raised in Mississippi. He had a black nanny, that kind of stuff. Uh, he grew up in the real racial South, and he's seen a lot of the hard racism that went on down there right. during the days in the 60s and whatnot, the 50s. But it's like, I told him, I says, you know, they're trying to create a race war of divide and conquer. It's, you know, I mean, nobody is living by the words of Dr. King. You know, you judge a man by his character, not the color of his skin. Or the and flag that he carries. totally going away from him. And you can't judge them by the flag they carry either, and that's how they divide us with the Muslims and everybody else also. You know, that you, you yeah. can't judge somebody by any uh, specific exterior thing. I mean, it's no. it, it, it's so hard to just look at somebody and go, oh, you know, because I know a lot of people that you'd look at and be like, man, I don't want to even talk to that. And they're the sweetest, nicest people in the world that would do anything for you. You know, and you oh, can't. Yeah. It, it, and then I'll, I'll meet some guy in a you know three thousand dollar freaking Italian suit, and he's about the biggest scum of the earth. <laughs> oh, by yeah, by far. Well, I grew up in South Jersey, and I had a lot. Well, growing up as a kid, we you know I I grew up around blacks. You know, I, I didn't grow up in an area that didn't have black people. You know what I mean? It Cape, was Cape May area or Inglewood or uh, uh, what the hell is that? Well, Inglewood Cape now. Uh, I was uh, you know where you ever hear of Cherry Hill? Oh, yeah, right outside of Philly on the other side. Right, right. I was right in between. Like, Cherry Hill was 25, 30 yeah, minutes from me. Fort Dix. Fort Dix was about 20 minutes from me. Lakehurst was about an hour north of me. So I'm yeah. sure you know where Lakehurst I, I, is. I, yeah, I know. I'll tell you what, the one place I never stop is Philadelphia truck stops, man. I know. <laughs> anywhere in Philadelphia, you don't want to stop, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 again, 30 years I lived in that area. I, I spent a lot of time in Philadelphia itself because my father worked in the radio business in Philadelphia, and he owned an a, a advertising agency in, in uh, um, uh, South Street region, the, you know, the, the uh, what was it, South Philly, uh, down by yeah, the markets and all that dude. stuff. Junior Howard Stern in the making there. <laughs> oh, well, it was kind of cool growing up like that. But uh, the, the the main story is I used to walk the streets of Philly even back then. I mean, it, it wasn't the safest in the world. I was walking in the daytime. But I was seven, eight, nine years old uh, just walking, you know, three or four blocks from where my father had his, his, his uh, company from. 
Yeah, but it was it was a great thing. I'm gonna take my family up there for the first time. We're actually going up in uh in uh the end of this month. We're taking a week, and I'm taking Alexi to Jersey, and we show her some of the old things. And Mikey's gonna get to see some of my old stuff. But anyway, uh, I, I got off on a little tangent there. Uh, I need to take a breath and go to the bathroom and take a breather. So we're going to take a little break. It'll be the last break of the show, if I can find where I got my breaks at. Kevin, you're welcome to uh, hang out if you want. Uh, if not, you are just uh, hang out during the break. And uh, we'll sure, go from I'll, there. I'll, I'll hang on. Yeah, it's a good topic. Yeah, it's always nice to talk. i got some other stuff, too, I want to bring up. So uh, maybe we'll get throw some things off you and see how that goes. All right. You guys will see the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com and RadioFreeBlood.com. I'll be back with you in a couple minutes. Sit tight. It's actually the, the very definition of terrorism. They're trying to kill people for a political agenda. It's just, you know, a nicety. So, uh, yeah, just keep in mind, guys, that the news agencies are not there to tell you the truth. They're there to tell you what they're told to tell you. You're still stuck to the American dollar, and you're still stuck to American laws. I still want to have the freedom to go where I want to go if I need to go. Uh, I think that's the most important thing in my mind, at least. And this goes along... If this is going to be another cum cum trail... (laughs) (laughs) I've got lesbians, and he's got cum trail. Okay, why don't you just move along? Animals get in the way when you're doing a radio show. What I think is they're going to have to redirect the American's mindset. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been even more fun. Yeah, that would have been a lot of fun. (laughs) I I want you all to keep your eyes open and your ears open on what's going on. It's the first 52. RazRadioLive.com
called into your favorite talk radio program only to encounter this and felt like this that never happens when you dial 941-421-0401 at razradiolive.com we answer right away and pow you're live on the air talking to one of your favorite hosts no screeners no delays try it now 941 941- Four two one zero four zero one and avoid nine four one four two one zero four zero one. If you're a new listener or a seasoned veteran, don't be scared. Nine four one four two one zero four zero one. We welcome all. We know how it feels to be ignored. RazRadioLive.com. He would know what's best for me and my family because he's a doctor. So we all got blue shots. Vitamins and nutrients to be illegal in the year 2010. As we don't awaken the sheeple, these globalists are murderous. They're about to look it up. Codex Alimentarius, baby, look it up. They spray you from the sky like roaches. Does it shock you? Don't worry, they got a pill for you. Ask your doctor. Are your legs restless? Are you shy? Forget the side effects. Not that many people die. Genetically modified foods are the bomb. They gave lab rats cancer, but please don't be alarmed. Soon GMO foods will be a staple. The only thing you'll be able to put on your kitchen table. Their own documents have shown. No food shall be grown in Monsanto don't own worldwide. There ain't nowhere to run. Thanks to World Trade Organization and International Monetary Fund. We the sheeple of America. 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 Simply the sheeple of America. We the sheeple of America. hundred plus of the world's wealthiest people meet every June. Billionaire CEOs, international bankers, C3POs, also known as the young psychopaths who fawn over their elders and give them charts and graphs, pondering how to reduce the population, injecting our boys and girls with poisonous inoculations. Yum, yum, mercury's good, at least the news will tell you that, and it certainly should, cause they're owned by the CFR, but who cares about the Royal Institute of International Affairs? Jerry Springer's on, yeah, two transvestites are about the fist fight. Meanwhile, they're making plans for the order of the new world about to send the lambs to the slaughter. You think they care about 3,000 American men, women, and children? They about to kill a couple billion. If you're in the dark, my friend, you might despise my words, but you had the wool pulled over your eyes. We the sheeple of America, America, America. We the sheeple of America. 
Welcome back to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com. <sighs> Sorry, I had to take that break. I, I really didn't get a break during the last break, so I had so many different things I was trying to do. So, you know, you gotta you got to step back and, and take a break every once in a while. We'll run through now to the top of the hour with this, or at least to when I have to break to make sure for DC when he starts soon. I'm not sure when he's starting yet, but he will be starting soon. Ledge will be back. I promise you, Ledge will be back. So, we were talking about Stephen's assassination and how important that was. Uh, I see some guys on uh, the Radio Free Blood chat uh, trying to find that video. Uh, Greg, or was it Greg asking for it? Greg, I will uh, copy that to an MP3 and get a chance and post it. Uh, find me on Twitter if you do Twitter, at Sean Raz or at Raz Radio. And uh, I'll make sure I get it to you once I can copy it over because I got it here. At least uh, we can burn it to something we can save. <clears throat> That's a nice thing about chat. You can interact immediately with people. Poor Kevin. He, we were on hold. We were talking you know, during the break there. We were having a little bit of a chat. And I'm like, no, wait. We have to stop because we can't do the show during the break. I mean, that's just no fun. That Nobody else gets to hear it then. <laughs> that's one of the hard things that, to stop doing. When I used to go in the studio with Scott or uh, any other any other time I've worked with any radio people, uh, you know, it's like during the break you don't want to talk at all. You just kind of want to uh, just step back and be like, "All right, I got to breathe for a second and not talk, just so you don't ruin anything that's going to go on the on the show." So a lot of times you have to do that. Kev, I got you back up, bro. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but uh, it's just, I hate dead air. So I was just like, I, you know I me, mean? I'll talk and talk and talk. So. <laughs> now, what I'm trying to figure out here is uh, Truth Seeker 9, which is on the Radio Free Blood chat, because uh, we are broadcasting on both shows on stations now. He was talking, uh, there was an article that came out shortly after 9 11. I have a copy here somewhere. 
it listed all the countries that would be invaded. It said that Saudi Arabia would ultimately be the blame for that. Uh, and when he said that, it made me think of the Wesley Clark statement, which I obviously went and found. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz. I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the joint staff who had used, used to work for me. And one of the generals called me in. He said, sir, you got to... Come in. You got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, "Well, you're too busy." He said, "No, no." He says, "We've made the decision. We're going to war with Iraq." This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, "We're going to war with Iraq. Why?" He said, "I don't know." <laughs> he said, "I guess they don't know what else to do." So uh, I said, "Well, did they find some information collect connecting Saddam to Al Qaeda?" He said. No, no. He says there's nothing new that way. They just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. And um, he said, I guess if, if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem has to look like a nail. So I came back to see him a few weeks later, and by that time we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, Are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, Oh, it's worse than that. He said, he reached over on his, he picked up a piece of paper, and he said, I just, he said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq, and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. So, it says the truth about the Middle East. about the Middle East is, had there been no oil there, it would be like Africa. Nobody is threatening. All right, Kevin, I got you back up here. So basically, uh, and he pretty much laid out exactly what we've done so far. Well, yeah, like, and like I said, all that kind of crap is, is pre-planned years in advance. Years in advance. I mean, you know, PNAC and, and them guys, yeah, they all had all this think tank crap all figured out. And, you know, they hire those kind of people to figure out these kind of stages and how they're going to go about doing this and that. And, and I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to explain because it, it's like a Rubik's Cube. You know, our uh, future I mean, president is going to be, you know, our future president was a signer of the PNAC, uh, rebuilding America's defenses, right? Oh, yeah. 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 And, and like I said, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I, I, I mean, I really don't think, uh, w knew exactly the extent of, of what was going to go on. I think Cheney was actually the dude running everything. Mm-hmm. Cheney, Wolfowitz, Rumsfeld, yeah. Rice. You know, I, I think I think Papa Bush. Totally I think Papa Bush. Oh yeah, Papa Bush, I, Pop, Papa Bush came up and smacked Junior in the back of the head, and you shut up, you read the book, and you don't fucking do anything else. I think that's well, what look happened. At, look at who the hell did Bush hire? He hired all of his ex cronies. Right, all of his dad's ex cronies, you know, all the way to Cheney and shit. Line them you know, all up. They had him holding his hand and making sure that he didn't fuck it up, like he'd done everything else in his life. <laughs> I know, right? I don't think he ever did anything proper his whole entire life. Hell I, no, he messed up everything he was involved in. Uh, you know, and and I hate to say it, I mean, I voted for him the first time. Uh, the first time, the, the second time I voted for him after nine eleven is when I started. Nine eleven got me politically active, but in the wrong direction. But at least it got me active, which then led hey, me to, to spin around. Uh, 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 to, to, to touch on what we're talking about during the break, there, what documents were in the nine eleven building? 
oh, got taken down. Uh, with oh, in Building Seven. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Or no, no. Well, Building Seven and the Twin Towers. Well, and then the Pentagon also had the missing two trillion dollars or whatever the number was. I forget the exact number. Where, where, where the missile hit? That's exactly where they're doing the auditing at. Right, and, and there was something the in building got killed, but one person. There was another investigation in Building Seven that was that. Oh, what the hell was that one? Anybody on the Jack Chat on the Radio Free Blood Chat? If you remember what was in Building Seven, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head or for the life of me. I know there was something in there. That they were trying to uh, cover up. It's just like if you go back to uh, um, Oklahoma City, which you brought up earlier, actually, which was what the uh, Watergate, the Whitewater, 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 yeah, Whitewater. <laughs> Again, they put all the names the same. Um, and, and and who was the chief dick and cheese in charge of that whole investigation? Oh, well, that was uh, what's her face from uh, Department of Homeland Security. She was in there, and no. also the uh, Holder. And, Holder was also and there, Holder. And, and, yeah. and Clinton was also there. I mean, it's it, it goes back to Mina again. We can tie this yeah. all. It's amazing how it all ties together. Uh, I've got it, people, it and and a, and a lot of Enron stuff was also in that shit, and or uh, I mean, in the towers. Uh, when it came down, a lot of the uh, dirty dealings. That's I mean, most of those were brokerage companies that lost. Cantor Fitzgerald, all them guys, you know, they're the ones that lost the most amount of people and stuff like that. The Wall Street and, crimes, that's what I'm being told, yeah, Building 7. Wall Street crimes. And then also in Building 7 was all the stuff that had to do with Enron bullshit. Right, that's it. Yeah, the, the Wall Street family right. was up to their neck in. It's, it's amazing how they can just make it go away. It, it's just gone. It'll never be... Uh, brought back right. up. It, it's not discussed. And, Does and, anybody ever talk about that ten trillion dollars that 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 uh, either was it Rumsfeld or I think it was Rumsfeld was talking about missing on September tenth, and then September eleventh yeah. happened. And, three three trillion dollars. Right. And, and if you look at the again the documentary I was playing earlier today about the CIA and the drug running, that was all getting everything together for the end result, which was ninety three and nine eleven. I think 93 didn't happen the way they wanted it, and they, they realized they had to reevaluate their plan, and they had enough money to be able to redo it again. Did you ever see that video? I sent it to Mark. Um, it, it's on uh, YouTube. It's almost four hours long, and it goes all the way from H.H. H. Harriman all the way up to present day, uh, and it really, really, really simplistically puts shit together in chronological order. It talks about the the Bush Nazi ties and the Nixon thing to the Kennedys and the Bush to the Kennedys and and also and Reagan and Carter and and you know all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and, get and it to me. Really and interesting. Get it to me, and I'll run it as a doc day. I mean, I'll put it up because I'm doing doc day the rest of this week. I'll listen to it. Cause that's that's the best thing about the doc days. A lot of us don't have time to sit and watch a documentary, but I can I can broadcast a documentary during the day when we don't have anything live. And those of us that work and, and listen to radio while we work, we can actually listen to these things and uh, at least get some ideas and, and be able to go search specific things from it. That's why I started doing that years ago. And uh, I, I think it's a good thing. I think it helps people a lot. So, yeah, get me that and I'll oh, run it. I, yeah, I, I, love, I love listening to them all the time when I'm out riding around and driving and stuff. Yeah, it just makes it easier to really be able to, to, to get it in there and, and, and hear these things over because... You know, to remember all this information, you know, people don't understand how much it is to put all this information in your head and try to recall it. Uh, Jack, he does an awesome job at doing that, and a lot of other people do that. 
that's one thing I can't wait to be able to get down is to be able to remember. Uh, maybe if I didn't smoke so much pot, I'd be able to remember better. But that's, I guess, that's on me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Ain't, no, ain't nothing wrong with that, man. I mean, granted, you know, my job's kept me from partaking in a lot of years, but uh, I don't begrudge nobody. Speaking of pot, after years of Washington legal pot sales, taxes topped $70 million, and this is in Washington State. Uh, we saw the same thing happen in Colorado. Uh, they actually had to give money back, or they were fighting having to give the money back uh, because they had made so much, and underneath the constitutional amendment, they could only make so much off of it. Uh, so... Uh, it's, yeah, it's funny to see these these regions that are legalizing it making all this money. Now, what's that doing for their social services that are partially broke? Uh, how are the? I'd like to know how the food kitchens and the, the the things like that are doing in these states where it's legal. Not that people are eating works are high. I mean, like the money they're getting in from the sale of marijuana legally. Exactly, yeah. and it's. And I've always, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's a miracle weed, man. I mean, it does so much. I mean, Ledge talks about the the, the hemp side of, of it, and I'm 100% behind that. I mean, the only reason that got put to kibosh is because of the cotton and paper and lumber industry, you know, just like the oil and gas industry of today, you know, takes solar technology and throws out the can because... They can't make any money on it. You know? Have you watched any of these? Tiny, did the have you watched any of these tiny home programs? The the uh, the tiny tiny house living or the whatever they have on. Uh, I think it's Home and Garden or one of those channels. Uh, I I know them and I've seen like one or two. I don't watch them all the time, or well, but I, I have seen them. My wife forces. Well, she doesn't force me. I actually find them very interesting because there are some <laughs> cool houses in in some of these ones they do. But I have been watching them. I could see, you know, like I'm, I want to live on a houseboat, which really wouldn't be much different than living in a town. Actually, you have a little more room in a houseboat, uh, if you get a sure. decent sized one. Mobile. Well, plus it's exact, well, a, a tiny house is mobile also, but it's not as mobile. But then again, I guess you're restricted. A lot of, a lot of the survivalists and, and people like that say that Montana and the Dakotas are the region you want to be in if something bad happens, which, is rough for me because I don't like the cold. So it's it's like, you know, I'd rather be able to get on a boat and just go and find something for myself and figure it out on my own at that point in time. You need to find out where the Buddhist compound is in Puerto Rico and go there. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll just drive down about th- about 10 miles or so down the road, and I'll go knock on their house because, you know, they have the house on Boca Grande here, which is literally oh, yeah, yeah. less than 10 miles from, well, maybe about 10 miles from my house. So I'll, just, yeah, I'll wait till I've I see been, the limo go by. I've been there in uh, Bob Deal's house and all that. Oh, know. down here in Boca Graham? Oh, yeah. yeah. My, my parents used to snowboard in Inglewood. Oh, I didn't. Uh, is that how you and Mike became friends? No. Oh, okay. It's not. But <laughs> That's kind of weird he's here, too. You know what's funny? Then, then, yeah. you, know, then you know the Rotunda uh, Regional Airport, which is now... Uh, what do they call it? Something, I think it's Rotunda Executive Airport now because they've extended it so that they can get the bigger jets here uh, for Boca Grande, mm-hmm. for the rich people at Boca Grande. So, so do you know the stories that, that rotate around that, which are very similar to the Nina stories? No, no. Uh, that was uh, apparently a lot of the locals here, that have, you know, 70, 80-year-old guys that have lived here their entire life, that was the same thing. That was a CIA uh, a runway between that and Northport before they developed Northport there were just the roads those are the two areas that they landed a lot of the 
uh, okay. drugs it, into. Was that, in that, that, that was in that movie, Cowboy, wasn't it? You know, I've okay, heard that. You ever see those movies? No, I never saw. Cowboy? No, I never saw a cocaine cowboy. But you're not the first person that said that. That might be the reason. I have to watch it now and, and see if yeah. it is. I remember them talking about something like that, and and a, a couple of guys. Uh, he was landing his plane and that, and um, in the dark and that, and had a run in with uh, DEA or something like that. And I I can't remember the whole story, but it, I remember them saying something about a run way on the Gulf Coast there, but not by you. Yeah, well, like I said, why do you think the Bushes and the Clintons and all these elitists have houses out here in Bill Grant? There was actually oil. There are this whole, where I live right now, all this property was owned uh, by, uh, I can't remember the family name, but they they actually did oil drilling here, because this was a big phosphate mining area. Once they got all the phosphates out, uh, it died down a lot, and they just came in and moved and put all their vacation homes here. Uh, and what's the byproduct of phosphate? Fluoride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they put it, right in your drinking water. And you know what? There was a Damn story right. I had up about that. It's amazing I pull up all these stories. I never get to any of them. It really, uh, here it is. The fluoridation. This is in Newsweek. Newsweek put this out. It said fluoride may not prevent cavities, cavities, Huge study shows, and they talk about how topically it's eh, but it's it's now showing that the adding it to the drinking water uh, doesn't do any good at all. Uh, it says here, if you're like two two thirds of Americans, fluoride is added to your tap water for the purpose of redu- reducing cavities, but the scientific rationalization for putting it there may be outdated and no longer as clear cut as once thought. Water fluoridation, which begun First begun in 1945 in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So everybody can think about that. Oh for a my second. God! <laughs> I didn't know that. That's, That's where it started. 1945, <laughs> Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I think Grand Rapids, Michigan is probably, and I hope nobody from Michigan's listening, uh, one of the dumbest regions of our country. <laughs> and that's where that's where uh, Acme, uh, you know, that Acme company, right? Not Acme. What is that? Acme? Acme. They're a big religious. They beauty products and whatever the hell. Oh, um, they own they they um Acme hell, company. You know? I think it's an Acme. I'm like, wait a second, we're not on, we're not Bugs Bunny here. <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue, and I can't. It's not Acme, but you, you know what I mean. It's they own that whole damn town. <laughs> um, I, I can hear the name too. It's a pro, not Prilosec, but no, it begins with an A. Amway. Uh, Amway, that's it. <laughs> Good job, Rob. We got M and Rob here giving us the answers. Good job, Amway. Uh, so, oh yeah, Amway owns that whole damn town. Hey, and the funny thing is, when they introduced fluoride, one what happened at that time in uh, World War II history? Operation Paperclip. Yep. Yeah. And what did what did the Germans use the it for? The Nazis do to the Jews. <laughs> they they added it to the their water. water to docile them and make them acceptant of their uh, intended results. So yeah. uh, and, and the U.S. And government said, "Hey, that's a pretty good that's idea. That's a great idea. Let's do it." These people for millions. Have you seen? And I know it's it's over a year old now, but you know me, I'm I'm kind of slow. I, I don't watch movies when they first come out. But have you watched the? Um, Avengers, uh, the last one, just about what's his face, uh, Captain America. And oh yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah, and it's got the uh, German scientist uh, computer 
basement shit. Right, right. But it's a, it's amazing how they basically point out what's going on right now in America. That if you really listen to what they're talking about and and how it's happening, and it makes you wonder: Are we fighting the the uh, Illuminati, or are we just fighting the Nazi regime as as Hydra that has? been able to come into and infiltrate our country you know I've actually kind of had that funny feeling in my gut for probably about 15 years it, it makes you that, wonder going to the, the separation I mean if you look at the way things are done it's so moronic a person of any intellectual intelligence will not be doing what our government is doing to this nation you know I mean it just stands and flies in the face of stupidity but yet they're doing it nonetheless and passing it off and getting everybody to go along with it and it's just like well, as long as everybody's got their Prozac and their their Zanny bars, and you know they're good, they they don't mind what's going on around them because they're in their mind they're happy, they're 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 pleasant, they they've got no problems in their world. You know, I was listening yeah, yeah, to yeah. I was listening to the Shannon the other day, and uh, I asked the uh, Soul Brother if he was on crack because he was talking about how uh, how America. This was right before the fourth, I think it was Thursday, and he was talking about how you know we don't have that many problems here in America. And oh, I, I kind of like snapped at him, <laughs> and I get what he was going at, and he, I, we were going in the same direction. He was just coming from a different angle, but he was saying how they just dumb us down, and and is where he's going with it. And when he said we don't have any problems, he meant well, you know, we have our iPhone, we have our internet connection, we have our our music, sure, we have our right, we have reality TV, we have the soccer game, the we pacifiers, have pacifiers. You know, you're a baby, yeah? you can give yourself a pacifier. Well, I go. I got my e. I got my e-cigarette as my pacifier. That's what Dave likes to call it. It's also the pacifier. Sucking on my <laughs> e-cig. I quit smoking with it. I'm happy. I, I'm fine. Uh, so, all right. So, where was I here? Uh, fluoride is. Uh, oh, bad. That's right. That's where I was. It's the devil. Uh, we've been saying it for years, and Newsweek is just catching on now that it might not uh, prevent uh, tooth decay, and it's actually causing dental fluoridosis, which is not very uh, good. Harvard did that. Study like three years ago saying this shit's cancer causing and, and it, it weakens your no damn good. It weakens your bones. It attacks your uh, thyroid gland, which or your pineal gland, which which in turn causes you to have low testosterone, which means you got to go to the doctor and get testosterone shots uh, or or yeah. a, a cream or whatever. It, it's all a big circle, and they keep putting us in it. You know, we get in these arguments. It, it's. I got a girl, a, real, a girl I went to school with, a girl I know, uh, and she's a really nice girl, and, and I posted this thing about vaccinations. Now, you all know my stance on vaccinations. We don't vaccinate our child. I don't think the theory of vaccination is wrong. I just don't trust the people producing the vaccines that we're putting in our children. There you go. That's yeah, my I'm biggest the, issue. I'm the same way, and, I, and I, it's like I have a friend. She's a female nurse in Traverse City, Michigan, and she defriended me on Facebook just because of my stance, and she's she has met with Obama about vaccines, you know, when they had that big vaccine gun. She's gone on TV with him and talked with him, and that shows you how deep she's in on that shit. Right. And I'm anti-vaccine. I just don't trust what the hell crap they put in it. And I says, when you got shots and I got my shots, we were only getting about six or seven shots. And we're not going to relate over results and stuff like that. And we're giving to you in prenatal newborn and, and this crap and they're giving like 64 damn shots and you know what the hell is that going to do to their immune system it's not even going to give a chance to even develop well and that's what this post was it was a comparison of uh, 19 
1983 shots, which were 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, which would have been my, I was born 75, so that would have been my range. And now the 2015, I'm not even going to count, there's 10, 20, I'd say probably about 30, 32 maybe, just trying to look at what 10 was compared to the other list. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's 2015. So one of the thing, and all I was pointing out is that the, we're giving a lot more. Uh, we have to look at the fact that in the past ten years, the the rate of autism has increased uh, yep. from one in okay. one in 165 to like one in and people 68. Say there's no correlation, and that's like bullshit. I can show you the correlation of vaccine shots compared to autism rates, and it goes. It's on the same graph. <laughs> well, and, and and what she responded to to that post, I said, this is a real problem with that post. With the it was a meme of the vaccines on the two dates, right? And she said, well, I was reading yeah. an article this morning about why the life expectancy is so much higher. Has less to do with adults living longer, and much more to do with children making it into adulthood. So there is that. I found it. It said the childhood death rate was a hundred per one thousand in nineteen hundred. In 2000, it was 6.89 per 1,000. Okay, well, first of all, vaccines didn't get really big until the 60s and 70s. There were minor, there were vaccines prior to that, but there weren't, you know, this mad, you know, we have a vaccine for cocaine addiction. I mean, we have a vaccine for everything. We have, we, they're trying to make a vaccine for PTSD. I mean, really? <laughs> Let's think about that there. there there's got to be yeah, a... Do you know the best treatment for PTSD is? Weed. No fucking war at all. Well, that that would be the prevention of PTSD. <laughs> that wouldn't be a treatment. That would be the prevention. That, that makes the most sense. But if you know what? If we have to go kill brown people in the desert that really didn't do anything to us, we might as well try to treat the people that we're sending there to do it. So at least let's let them have weed. Can we agree on that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's where it comes down to, really. So uh, yeah, I, and it's like they they aren't going out shooting up people on weed. I'm telling you that right now. Right, and I asked her to post, post a story, which I haven't read the story yet. But I guess my point was is, and I've claimed this uh, multiple times on this show here in the past year or two. I honestly think in the next twenty years or so, we're going to see the life expectancy drop by ten to fifteen years. Uh, I think we're like, what, 78 average right now, give or take. I think it's going to drop to the 60s in the next 20 years. Because I want everybody to think right now how many people you personally know, and Kevin, I apologize for this, but I want everybody to think no, how many, I know where you're going. How many people you're going. you personally you're, you're good. know you're good. that were under the age of 60 that have passed away of something that somebody under the age of 60 should not have passed away from. I know yeah, I have family I, members. I know I know one my wife, and then I know probably about two dozen other people that I know personally. Right, exactly. We're dying younger. Why are we dying younger? What are they? What are they giving us? What's going on in our environment? What's going on in our food, our air, our water? What's going on that's causing us to die earlier and quicker? And I'm seeing it mm-hmm. a lot. Once these, once these. These old people that we have that are living the 80, 90 years old pass away, we're not going to see that as much anymore. My my grandfather's generation lived up. He he died at 99. You right. know, my yep. grandmother died at 96. My grandpa's my still going 88. He's running yeah, like crazy. My, 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 my generation is not going to get that far. You know, and, there, and I think a lot of it has to do with it's planned 
for the Social Security benefit crap. Kevin, there's 20 years before. They're gone. Dude, there's 20 years between us. Imagine my generation. I'm seeing people my age or within five years or minus of me dying premature uh, regularly. Colin Brady. There's a there's an example right there. Somebody we both know. You know, I could go through. He he had two, he had uh, blood clots in his legs though. So I, there was a, there was a lot going on with him, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, you know, I, I, my uncle fifty, he was fifty one or fifty two, died two or three years ago of cancer. You know, yeah. he was a healthy man. We don't have a a big cancer. My grandpa, his father, lived to seventy eight. He died of lung cancer because he smoked like a freaking chimney. You know, from the age of like four. You know, so yeah, you look at Christopher Rude's wife, who never smoked a damn day in her life, and she dies of lung cancer. So it's like, look she at was the, what maybe in her forties, late forties. Look at the people she? that lived in their nineties that smoke like chimneys. That that just hell you know? yeah, I know a lot of them people. Well, that was before they added all the crap in their tobacco, though. Well, and they also drink pretty heavily. Those ones, so I think they kind of counteract it. So I honestly think drinking heavily to the right level kind of pickles you, and you get to live a little longer. If you go yeah, over that level, as long as you're a chronic asshole too. That tends to help out too. Well, yeah, that does. If you go over that level, you're going to die of you know like uh, sclerosis of liver, cirrhosis of the liver, or whatever. And if you go under that level, you just die normally. But there's a specific level that if you just just drink just enough, you'll live for a mm-hmm. long time. You might even live forever. Maybe that's the well, key to the, living. The forever. French they they drink every goddamn day. You know, from the age of. 12 up till they die of wine every day so and they and they have a very high cholesterol diet <laughs> and they're living longer than us you know i must say we're getting the close to the end of the show here and as usual i've got uh 20 tabs i didn't touch it's amazing how that works Jeff. <laughs> it really is i, I wanted to get assholes like me calling in you on no what no i still wouldn't have got through half of it and i wanted people to call because that's I enjoy having people call every once in a while. You know, I like to, to have interviews set up, but, you know, people don't realize that there's a lot of people out there that have experienced a lot of things and and uh, might even be more than, than the average person or even more than the average military person. And to hear from those kind of people who just want to talk for a little bit, it, it's nice because every once in a while you, you kind of go too far. <laughs> Just a little bit. It's good when that happens every once in a while, because that's when you get the truth out of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, but Kevin, I appreciate your, your participation with all our shows and and uh, what you've done and, and what you've shared. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, as like I said, I, I love you guys, man. It's I've always enjoyed listening to you for years and years. So it's just been within the past couple months that I've actually you know started calling in and whatnot and interacting with everybody a little bit more on a regular basis. So. Well, it's nice to have you there, and I hope to see you for Razzfest like we were talking. Uh, we are going to do it a little more low-key, but it is coming up. If you're somebody that was at Razzfest or maybe you're interested in coming to Razzfest, uh, send me a message, and I'll see if you qualify, and we'll go from there. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a tyranny already for Razzfest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know what? I, I love everybody, but I'm not doing radio this year from it. I am going to enjoy it and relax enjoy this it. time. Yeah, exactly. It's too much work to have to set the studio up, and then you know nobody uses my equipment, so I got to teach them all how to do it, and then I got to sit over their shoulder for like twenty minutes, to make sure they got it, and then I'm not sure they got it, so I can't leave. You know, like I'm that kind of control freak type douchebag sometimes. 
Oh, yeah. Well, you got to be. You know, it's your show. So. Well, that is true. All right, Kevin, I appreciate your time, man. I will talk to you soon. All right. Take care, brother. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. And as I'm waiting now for my computer to, to unfreeze, I will tell you, I appreciate you guys joining me tonight. Uh, Radio Free Blood carrying us over there. Uh, my listeners over at Raz Radio Live. Uh, you're all great people. You do a lot of good things. I can't do a thing right now, unfortunately. Uh, uh, let me see here. I Maybe mean, I'll talk about something, because that one computer's frozen. I can't touch it. I got the hourglass of death. That's the broadcast computer, which means I can't stop anything. So what we got here, third alternative prominent doctor from Florida found dead in two weeks. Authorities say MD uh, was murdered. Now this goes to the whole vaccine to me again so let's uh let's see this what this has to say if it's going to cooperate i don't know if i'm having like a, a, a no, no this is the same thing yeah it's the screensaver was coming on over there here we go starting nbc2 is on top of that murder case in bonita springs deputies found a well-known doctor Teresa sievers dead in her home monday morning she specialized in holistic healing practices. Now, that scene is still very active. Detectives are collecting evidence at the home for the third day in a row. It is on Jarvis Road near Imperial Parkway in Bonita Springs. Embassy 2's Jacqueline Beavis is live there on scene. I know Jacqueline met that scene yesterday, too. What is continuing to change? What are you seeing? Heather, this is actually the most active we've seen this scene since Monday when that death investigation started. Deputies in and out. Let me show you over here as well. They're actually walking towards us now. Members of the Southwest Florida Criminal Justice Academy are also on scene. We've sent, seen them combing yards within the crime scene tape and outside of the crime scene tape as part of this investigation not long ago about half dozen deputy cars went out terry and down a few blocks crime scene tape of course still continues to block off this entire street about six houses down the neighbors tell us that dr Teresa sievers came back from connecticut sunday evening alone then she was found dead on Monday morning after she didn't show up to her Astera practice. We're working on speaking with her family to confirm that her husband and daughters were still in Connecticut when this crime happened. Now, we do have a photo of Dr. Sievers. It appeared in a magazine just last month, features her two young daughters as well as her husband. Now, detectives are not releasing much information additionally at this time. You can see, though, members of that Southwest Florida Criminal Justice Academy headed across the street. This investigation seems to be spanning out even further, and the crime scene vans do remain back here on scene this afternoon. We will keep you updated as this story continues to develop and as this investigation moves forward. Reporting live in Bonita Springs, Jacqueline Beavis, NBC2. So this lady was a prominent anti-vaccine doctor. And this is the third one in about a month or so that has been killed. Uh, some are presumed suicide, some are accidents. You know, we're going to talk about hate happening. That could be a form of hate. Just let us live life. Guys, appreciate your time. Thanks for listening to the first trip to on RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com. We'll talk to you next week. Be safe. Peace out. 
Let's investigate the consequence of a bittersweet loss of sense, a weapon in a war against ourselves. The setting sun is loading guns, don't be afraid of mistakes, emotions misplaced, to love or to hate. I don't know what to do, we're all lost and confused, just trying to get through in this world, always trying to prove that we're worth what it takes, but it takes a long time in the dirt to see grace, when I'm trying to be real, they tend to be fake, when I'm risking it all. With no time to waste Fuck this rat race I'm leaving this place It's time to blast off Destination space With the sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free unguided through the beautiful, the silent with the light show from a passing UFO, lost in the glow of the unknown. Please don't go. Of the unknown 
Love you guys so much. Thanks. The first 52 is the bomb diggity. Hello, everybody. This is Lawrence Ross from the LRWS on RazRadioLive.com. Currently out in California, Blind James from RadioIO.com is in desperate need of a brand new kidney. Save a person's life. On behalf of everybody on the network, I encourage you to please go to GoFundMe.com forward slash XE6PJ38. Click on that link and donate money to save a person's life. Donate as much as you can. I think we should all donate. Every contribution helps. I appreciate all of Raz Radio Live's help and our I.O. fam. Please give so we can give James a brand new lease on life.
that's come and passed The innocent can never last Wake me up when September ends Like my father's come to pass Seven years has gone so fast Wake me up when September ends Here comes the rain again Falling from the stars Drenched in my pain again Becoming who we are As my memory rests But never forgets what I lost Wake me up when September ends
compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. The total influence, economic, political, even spiritual, is felt in every city, every state house, every office of the federal government. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military industrial complex.
tune and I'm sure you'll enjoy. Mm. Shake it, shake it, shake it, long tall Saturday. As I wait for Jack to disconnect on his side, I'm just going to keep playing some interesting music so everybody on Raz Radio's side, you'll be hearing it too. Peace. Joker, he's a bird, a very funny joker, he's a bird. 
It's a 